KBLA Talk 1580. Good morning and God bless. I'm Dominique DePrima. This show is called First Things First. My first thing today and every day, giving thanks, giving praises, and asking for blessings from God, asking for the blessings of the ancestors and the elders. And let's go, let's go, let's go. So this is the structure of First Things First. Hour one, we look local. We go to the left coast, the Pacific side. Hour two, we go national, international, and beyond. And in the third hour, we do a deep dive on a hot topic or with a person of interest. Our topic today, insurance, health insurance, how to get it, keep it, have it. Uh, The African-American woman who runs Covered California, um, a.k.a. Obamacare West, will be joining us uh, for the final hour. But look, right now it is me, you, and this microphone. So this is a great day, uh, this Wealth Building Wednesday, as we call it around here, to weigh in, check in, speak out, unload, fellowship, recap the year that was, uh, celebrate the year that is, and hopefully we'll get uh, we'll we'll coax some miles low onto the mic and <laughs> to uh, to share some stuff with us this morning as well. We got a lot going on around here, and there is much to really deal with to um, filter through. Uh, I I want to say you know yesterday was talking point Tuesday, and I want to say it it's like that. It's like there's so much spin, right? The ca- what is the counterspin? What is the what? How do you peel away all of the angles and get to just the facts? Maybe almost impossible with some things, but I believe we can do it together. You may join the conversation at 809-20-1580, 809-20-1580, or as many of my friends and frenemies do, <laughs> find me on the internets. Uh, it's KBLA fifteen eighty on every platform. I am at Deprima Radio, which is D-I-P-R-I-M-A. And then radio, please like and subscribe, follow, comment. Uh, if you're on the YouTube, if you're part of our YouTube uh, delegation that's, that's up uh, online chatting at KBLA 1580 on YouTube, please hit the like button, you know, show, show us just some love <laughs> this morning, or at least some like. Uh, that is a great place to follow all of our shows. And if you missed a show, you can find them there, the video version. You can find the audio version wherever you get your podcasts. And trust me, there's a lot of material that you may want to um, review and just hang out with. Our podcasts are also on our app, which is available at the App Store, the Google Play Store. You just type in KBLA, like black without the C and the K, KBLA. 1580 and there you have it it's free our podcasts are free and we would love uh, to have you join our serious uh, certified kbla delegation those are the ones that actually have this apple election season is upon us as you heard tavis smiley will be talking with all the district attorney candidates and there are quite a few of them this will be a pivotal race george gascon known as a progressive prosecutor um, has taken a lot of heat throughout his term from the attorney, the, um, the union. They call them unions. Some, like me, might think of it more as a cartel. There's the union that represents prosecutors, um, which are basically like his staff from day one, have been suing him. Um, 
And a lot of that has to do with them wanting to keep doing business as usual, as opposed to what the voters elected Gascon to do. What makes this race, I think, so interesting, what will make it so interesting is the fact that not all of the challengers are conservatives. In fact, there are some uh, progressives in the race, and that's going to make it more revealing. Let me put it that way. So I'm looking forward to that debate. And we will be serving as your election information station like we always do. So working now to line up all of those candidates um, from key races here in the city and county of Los Angeles and see can we get those candidates on. So if you hear me, for example, interviewing Supervisor Janice Hahn, and that means we've invited all of her opponents For example, like uh, former Sheriff Alex Villanueva. Um, If they choose not to show up, that's the only reason you won't hear them. We comply with the sort of old school, um, old school, you know, FCC rules. We offer equal time for people running for equal seats. So if you heard one candidate, from the 8th District, you'll hear all of them. If they choose to take that opportunity, it never ceases to amaze me how many folks uh, just skip a chance to uh, talk to you, the KBLA delegation. And so uh, without me putting anybody on blast, if you're clocking it and you don't hear someone, that is a choice that they made not to talk to you and me. And to me, that's uh, quite telling in itself. I uh, meant to get to this on yesterday, but did not have time to do so. The clock is wild when we get started and y'all call, and I love it when you do. Sometimes we veer <laughs> onto different topics. We did that yesterday. If you missed the conversation around the governor approving health care for undocumented uh, immigrants in California. You might want to review that on your app or uh, wherever you get your podcast. It was quite compelling. But you remember the shooting inside of a Costco in Corona? This was uh, an LAPD officer. Um, and it was inside the store. Um, this was in 2019. And there, um, there was uh, a family shopping there, um, and uh, the uh, one of the son, I guess, ended up um, shot by the um, police officer, and that trial is underway right now. Uh, the jury could not reach a verdict against that LAPD officer. And this is a guy who shot, remember, the man was um, developmentally delayed and he was shot and his parents were wounded. They were deliberating over the Christmas holiday, but now uh, they have not been able to make a determination. So they'll be back um, thinking about this, deliberating about it, uh, it, January 18th. And um, I think this case kind of fell between the cracks, but it is important. Um, They're saying that the officer acted in self-defense. His name was Salvador Sanchez. 
holding a baby. He said he acted in self-defense after he was attacked in the sausage samples line. Um, And um, Sanchez, though, was not in uniform. He was off duty. He had his weapon with him. He fired 10 times, um, shot uh, both um, this guy, Kenneth French, who was developmentally delayed, and also wounded his parents, Russell and Paula. Um, he said he thought he had been shot in the conversation with cops at the scene, which happened, uh, which was seen on, on body cam. Um, prosecutors say he overreacted. Um, and, you know, that if he would have been paying attention, he would have known he wasn't in any danger. Um, he's saying that he thought he was shot, uh, and but the prosecutors are saying that he made that up as a form of self-defense. Who thinks a punch is a shot? Um, he's charged with voluntary manslaughter, two counts of assault with a semi-automatic firearm, and he's out on bail waiting for that decision. So that's a local situation. We're tracking it, but a jury now on break after working hard throughout the holiday season. Another thing I was meaning to to touch on yesterday, Huntington Beach, the city I had talked about it, they're kind of famous um, historically for harboring white supremacists. I mean, I I feel semi-guilty painting a broad stroke about a whole city, but they, they've earned that reputation. Um, they have, um, over the years been loud and proud about it and have recently elected a very conservative, I don't even want to say conservative because, you know, after talking with, with Reverend James Lawson, I just think I, it's important to be careful about being accurate and correct when we use those terms. The people calling themselves conservatives now are more like radical uh, white supremacist extremist, um, white nationalist extremist, whatever. They, they elected a mayor and a couple council members that have that type of philosophy, and they've been dismantling uh, things in the city, banning the LGBTQ flag from being flown, and had said um, over the holiday that they were going to stop recognizing Black History Month as a city. Now they're backpedaling on that. And they're saying, well, we have a theme for each month. And the theme for February is not Black History Month. The theme for February is, uh, I believe it's recognizing the city history. But they're saying, now they're saying, oh, we'll still do a little something, something for Black History Month. I feel like they got a lot of pushback. And even though those pushing back, like you and I may not live in Huntington uh, Beach, nobody wants to be uh, flogged in the public square for being white supremacists, even if they are low-key passing that type of uh, ordinances and electing that type of slate. The uh, public affairs manager said it was a miscommunication and uh, said that we they are still planning to have uh, celebrations for Latino History Month, Black History Month. They're just not, that's just not the main thing they are doing. I think that's, I think it's disingenuous. I think they're following in a pattern of what we've seen in Florida. It's our own little um, Ron to Satan philosophy right here on the left coast. 
Um, and it's a reminder of what I call the tale of two states. Because California is known as a blue state, but it is both red and blue. It is very bipolar. Uh, the center of the state is quite red. And uh, the coastal areas, the cities, the big cities where most of the black people and BIPOC people, progressive white folks live, is blue. There just happens to be more people there. The population centers are what give us that reputation as being blue. And I point that out because I, I, you know, I think it's important for us to realize that when, when things happen and they say Californians don't like this or Californians, for example, voted down Prop 16, which is about affirmative action, re reestablishing it in the state. It's not Los Angeles that votes down on Prop 16. In fact, we passed it by a wide margin. It is the red part of the state, and that's why we have two, two, two states in one. That's why a um, he who shall not be named can come to Cali and raise a bunch of money, whether he's on the ballot or not. Um, and so that is also why it is very important for us to organize, show up, be well-versed, and vote this election cycle, whether you Vote the top of the ticket or not. Like some folks don't even feel like voting for Biden. I get that. I really get that right now. But I think that given what's at stake and given the fact that we are two states in one, it is super important that the blue side of Cali, which is you, probably, and I don't want to make an assumption. I know I have Fred and other listeners that, you know, other delegates that are Republicans that can fall in that red, you know, column, but for the most unapologetically progressive KBLA Talk 1580 is going to be part of the blue. If we don't show up, um, it's, there's a lot at stake way, way down the ticket from your uh, neighborhood, uh, you know, neighborhood representatives to uh, your statewide officials. So we're going to be on the job as your election information station. We are KBLA Talk 1580. She's reclaiming her time on KBLA Talk 1580. More First Things First with Dominique DePrima when we come forward. Your ancestors' favorite radio station. Radio station. And your favorite morning show host. Let's get back to Dominique DePrima right now. Right now. We do have a lot to talk about next hour when we hit our um, national trending topics. I, I you know... Definitely, I'm going to do a bit of a dive into what happened with uh, Harvard University's first, first uh, black president, um, Claudine Gay, being forced to step down. You're welcome to weigh in on that or anything else you want to talk about at any time, 800-920-1580. I say at any time, but of course, when I have guests on, we usually talk about what they came to talk about in, in the final hour of the show, but um, even when they're on with me, and we're just going through what's going on, you are always invited to weigh in at 800-920-1580. So um, Dwayne DeRock Johnson has uh, was <laughs> getting called out by his fans after he went on Instagram and posted that, you know, his it was his first time at In-N-Out Burger. And people were like pulling old posts saying that this is like the third or fourth time he's posted saying it was his first time at In-N-Out Burger. And that seems like just a really silly thing to lie about. I I remember when I was a sidekick on the Steve Harvey Morning Show, before I became his competition, uh, 
He used to say, you know, he used to talk about people who lie when the truth will do. And I think this is a perfect example of that. I don't get it. Um, for me, it makes me wonder what else is he lying about? I Maybe that's dumb, but it's like a woman or a dude that lies to you about something insignificant. I'm like, okay, let me see your phone. <laughs> what else are you lying about? Um, what do you think, Miles? I mean, I kind of think, then I wonder, is this a deal? Some kind of endorsement that he has with In-N-Out where he has to tell people it's the first time he went like a hundred times? Kind of like, like Snoop quitting smoking. Yeah. You know what I mean? But then yeah. he also says right here, he posted, thanks to the fans who reminded me that I went to In-N-Out years ago and totally forgot about it. Yeah, like what? two or three times, though. What? And totally forgot about it. All and right. it didn't cross your mind again when you went back there? Like, it didn't... Did you ask him, what do you have? What do you serve here? What made you go? Like, what? Come on. Yeah. Not only that, like, I'm thinking if that is a Snoop-type deal... Yeah. Saying that you've totally forgot about it is not a good look because it's like those burgers are so not memorable. Right. <laughs> that I, I can't recall ever having one. Yeah. Why well, lie about that? I don't I don't know. I don't know. I'm hoping it's part of a deal. I'll accept that. But you'll accept it if it's part of a deal. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I guess, because at least there's a reason. Right. But, you know, this guy was talking about running for president. I'm like, you gonna lie about a burger. I mean, what are you going to tell me about, you know? Africa. And we've had <laughs> just like, we had presidents lie about worse. It's not that bad. I'll tell you. No, that's true. I mean, but yeah, it, again, it, it's you know, and you don't hear me quoting Steve Harvey all the time, but it's right. that lying when the truth will do. Right. Because to me, that's a habitual liar. I love Dwayne the Rock Johnson. I don't know him. I mean, I I love. His, I don't know him. I love his some of his work, mm. although he is technically in some of the worst movies of all time right i'm a fan from him from the wrestling days okay was, yeah, all right yeah wwf days yeah well i'm a fan of him because he's hot i mean you know he's <laughs> look anybody that that uh goes and hits the gym and produces those results yeah i'm gonna give you props okay. maybe not anybody but you know uh, and also because i like some of the stuff he does like right. some of the charitable stuff that he does and that kind of thing. I don't know that I'd vote for him for president. Mm -hmm. Okay, I won't. Uh, unless he, if he comes out with a reparations platform, maybe. Okay. Beyond that, no. Yeah. No, I think we've, we've, hopefully we should have learned our lessons about entertainers running for president between Reagan and, uh, and Trump, who I believe was an entertainer at some point. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. Okay, so... There are some new things coming into effect in California that, um, uh, you know, L.A. Times always does this, and I love when they do it. They kind of run down some of the new bills in California that are going to impact you, and one of them has been all over the Internet, and that is when you get pulled over by the police now, um, they have to tell you why they pulled you over. You know how they always play coy, and they're like, do you know why I pulled you over? And then they kind of force you to confess. Right. Well, um, they're not able to do that anymore. Assembly Bill 2773, uh, meant to they say it's meant to reduce the police practice of making pretextual stops. Those fishing trips where they just pull you over, cause, usually because you're black mm. or Latina, and then they kind of start looking for a reason. Mm. So this is meant to do that. And, and I love that because I don't think it's fair that you know, yeah, you have a right to remain silent, but that's going to be considered being uncooperative. If they ask you, do you know why I pulled you over? And you're like, I don't want to say. <laughs> They're not going to like that. 
So now they have to say, I pulled you over because you were going 10 miles an hour above the speed limit or whatever. All right. I mean, when's the last time you've been pulled over, Dominique? You know? Uh, it's been about a year. Okay. All right. All <laughs> I right. get pulled over from time to time. I find that, you know, and and I'm glad that I don't have to confess, but I, fi- I usually just confess. I'm like, uh, yeah, I was speeding. <laughs> Sometimes they let you go when you mm. do that. Okay. But not always. Yeah. Okay. About well, a year ago myself, um, I, I was I was taking a poll of everybody, like, when's the last time you've been stopped and how do you feel now being pulled over by the police? Uh, see, I think that it's really different for me than for you. I mean, mm. as a young black man, it's much more dangerous for you to be pulled over than for me. Right. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm it's, I remember Sandra Bland and I know, you know, it's not, not dangerous, mm. but I, you know, I, um, also, you know, just, I would worry a lot more about you getting pulled over. Mm. Okay. Yeah. I still feel the same way. I haven't felt any, uh, any of my temperament change when the police pulled me over. I'm still nervous as hell. And, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know if this helps at all. But. Don't get me wrong. I'm nervous, too. I don't want to be pulled over. But I just know that the odds are better for me. Um, and I'm going to code shift, hmm. you know, and go into probably my widest voice. There we go. And, <laughs> you know, talk like a mom. Oh, sorry, officer. I just... Sound like you're running late somewhere. Right. Like and then, you know, and, that, and that's wrong. I mean, I shouldn't have to do a whole acting job <laughs> just to not, hmm. you know, be arrested. But... um I don't, yeah, I think that's a good point because supposedly they're not stopping us pretextually anymore. But how do you prove that? Right. Especially when the LAPD has ruled that 100% of traffic stops are not racial profiling. That's what they've ruled year after year. Right. No racial profiling, nothing to see here. Uh, That's not what the numbers bear out, which is why a law like this passes. And you're right. Will it save lives? Probably not. Mm. But will it cut down on um, if they follow it, right? Because right. you you would. <laughs> how would you know unless the body cam was on and? Which it never is. Yeah, it appears to never be on. So at key moments, yeah. right? It's like, oh, yeah, I turned it on when it was convenient for me, and I started saying, "Stop resisting! Right. Stop resisting!" So, yeah, yeah, no, I, smoking mirrors to me, but okay. I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> well, I, I I appreciate lawmakers who try to come up with ways. Um, and speaking of all that, Black Lives Matter will be down in the rain, uh, protesting in front of the um, uh, across the street from the police association to end uh, police associations or take them out of the House of Labor, saying that police unions are not unions. So if you want to join them, that's uh, downtown today at four. Uh, we got news, traffic, and sports, and then more on KBLA Talk fifteen eighty. More of First Things First with Dominique DePrima when we come forward. Thanks for waking up with Dominique DePrima on KBLA Talk 1580. Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you very much. And thanks for um, rolling with me, Miles Lowe. I know you're here every day, but um, making you work double duty today um, because I'm always interested in getting your take. I think uh, one of my goals for 2024, which I started in 2023, is to have more young voices on these microphones. Um, I think many times those of us who are uh, chronologically gifted <laughs> don't listen enough to people, um, you know, that are younger. And I think we need to do that because it makes us smarter, makes us stronger, and 
um, most of all, it breaks down, I think, a lot of stereotyping that goes on. I talk to elders, my elders, and even my contemporaries <laughs> that say, make these broad sweeping statements about young people. Mm. I find myself going, um, no, <laughs> that's not what I see. You know, one of the biggest ones is millennials are lazy. Mm. I'm sure you've heard that. All the time. Meanwhile, you're up here, you know, before I get here every single day, like, you know, sitting things up and... It was the same thing when we worked on Baisden when you were just a little whippersnapper. Young guy. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, and this is just one of your your jobs, right? Right. And I just think, you know, a lot of a lot of folks, maybe your kids are long gone or maybe you're not paying attention. The only kids you see are young people you see uh, are outside the liquor store. <laughs> but I don't think that's a fair representation. I mean, you know, it's an echo chamber, too. So people are really uh, saying what they hear. Right. And not really what they're experiencing. You're seeing what, saying what they're seeing on social media and what feels like it's the norm and uh, not really getting out and understanding it. So, yeah, you know, e I appreciate that. For sure. e even even the elders that aren't on, on socials, they are echo chamber could be the church. The church. You know. Or their one experience or their one grandson. Yeah. Or their one, right? you know what I mean, their own inner circle. So, yeah. You know, no, I, I definitely appreciate that for sure. Um, and plus, you know, some stuff I don't keep up with as much as I as I uh, used to. I wanted to say about the new law, since you made that point about, um, you know, getting pulled over or not pulled over. The real solution here is to take cops out of stops, something that Council Member Marquise Harris Dawson has put forth locally and which, um, you know, Senator Steve Bradford has been working on to get to the point where we could have whether it's Department of Transportation or others, just just say, here's your ticket. Right. Um, so why does it have to be a person with a gun if I'm speeding, if I'm not, you know, a menace? Yeah. And I didn't mean to down the, I know you said the uh, shout out to the lawmakers that are trying, and I just feel <laughs> like, I didn't mean to downplay the law, shout out to the law, but I want something I can feel. Right. Not like, something that's on paper. Like cops out of stops. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the, the, and and on the peril side, that now um, you know we used to have those those cameras that would uh, give you a ticket. Mm. Well, they're back, and at, and back in the day they were kind of toothless. It was controversial about whether or not it was constitutional. Well, apparently now they can install them near schools and on streets that are known for either racing or a lot of accidents. Mm. So another reason to slow your roll because. Now those tickets, those uh, red light cameras, have teeth, and they, the lowest fine is fifty bucks, but they go all the way up to five hundred. Mm. And that started Monday. <laughs> Top of the year, starting the year off with yeah, a bang. Yeah, Monday. So it's not all moving, you know, to the more, uh, what do you call it, lenient. It's moving. Some things are getting get more expensive. Here's another thing that may only work on paper. Apparently, your boss can no longer ask you if you've been smoking weed. Okay. And they can't ask you that. They can't ask you if you smoke um, when you're applying for a job. If they can get information from your criminal record about you and your cannabis use, they're not supposed to be able to use it to discriminate against you. They can still say it's, ag it's against policy for you to be high at work. Um, 
And it doesn't apply if you're a federal contractor or in the construction business. Um, some jobs have legal drug testing, like if you're a bus driver. But for the regular, you know, <laughs> you know, the regular worker, radio host or whatever, I, I don't, I think that may be one that's only good on paper too, because you don't, most of the time you really don't have to ask. Right. And I feel like, um, how do you, can you enforce that even if you Right. How do you protest? Yeah. You know, you're not allowed to ask me if I'm high. Yeah. Like, what are you going to do, Sue? Like, because California, I'm not sure. It is a right to work state for the most part, right? Yeah. I mean, for what it's worth, that's sort of a, yeah, that's sort of a concept that has some legal controversy around it. Mm. But yeah, technically. Okay. Um, I just, yeah, I think that's one of those things that sounds good on paper. I do, uh, one, one area where I think um, it is going to help is that they can know they can't unless you're a, a bus driver they can't take a blood test because that THD stays in your body for months they can only do a test that shows whether you're high right now not whether you've ever smoked that may help but um I don't know like why I don't really know why you want to be high at work right. <laughs> you know you remember that one day on Basin where <laughs> I was on that float. I was on the King oh, Day yeah. parade float. Yeah. <laughs> the first time that they had legalized recreational weed in California. And it, there was so much weed in the air that I actually had a contact high by the time I got on the air. Funny, yes. I, I never want to do that again. It was terrible. <laughs> I was so bad I had to confess because I just like, what's wrong with Dominique? Mm. Why is she acting like that? Yeah, how do you protest a stand-up for your rights in that situation? <laughs> Yeah. yeah, no, I'm not high. I'm just stupid. Why are you asking me? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a good point. Um, yeah, big changes to a lot of little things. Like you can sell your ADU as a condo. I, I'm interested to see the unintended consequences of that. Now I'm selling a tiny house in my backyard. How does that work? How does that work when you sell the place? I, you know, um, you're, yeah. I love this that landlords um, can cannot charge whatever they want for a security deposit. Maybe this will help pe more people get into houses and off the streets or out of couch surfing hell. That doesn't start until J uh, July first, so they can't charge more than one month's rent for a security deposit. Um, now, before they could charge up to two months' rent, uh, and for if you're in LA. Let's say your rent is five five thousand a month. Now you know just to get in there, you're talking fifteen grand, right? Uh, so that is going to help a lot of people by by making it a little cheaper, a little less expensive to get into a place. I, it was interesting when I was in Canada; they don't allow security deposits. You can you can charge first and last, but you cannot charge a security deposit. Canada's got a lot of stuff figured out, and they're not that far away. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, and they're also basically a capitalist, uh, white-led, for the most part, society. I mean, there's a lot of European countries, too, that have universal health care uh -huh. and that don't have such a raggedy safety net. Yeah. My opinion, it has to do with... Um, our education system and people's lack of access to quality education. 
because if you look at Trump voters, as soon as you have any college, the, the likelihood of you voting for a MAGA uh, slate goes down dramatically. So, I don't know. That's my opinion. Um, yeah, I, I want to I get your thoughts on a couple of other things that, you know, are going on. We can do that when we, when we come forward, Miles. I think um, this... <sighs> the, the Tupac situation... And also, um, you know, Kanye West did, or Ye, did issue an apology to uh, the Jewish community in Hebrew. And then the next day, I think it was the next day, maybe hours later, I don't know, he posted his new product. They're called Pods. Some folks saying the apology was to make way for the new product. Um, I don't know. I'm not sure. And then uh, he posted... His wife, um, Bianca Sensori, um, pretty much naked, mostly naked. Um, I just wonder why. Like, it's kind of back to the Dwayne The Rock Johnson thing. Is this, are these marketing strategies, are they playing chess and I'm playing checkers? Or is it the other way around? Uh, your thoughts, if you want to weigh in on anything we've talked talked about, touched on, things that we have not, 809 809-20-1580. Oh, and by the way, it's raining. <laughs> in, case you, in case you haven't left the house yet or you're not paying attention, it's raining. It's going to be cold and rainy all day long. Sorry. Sorry, Callie. I'm Dominique DePrima, and you're listening to KBLA Talk 1580. KBLA Talk 1580 is an intervention. When we come, when we forward, come forward, includes you. KBLA Talk 1580, turning pain into power. 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 We're not for everybody, but we're for everybody. You're listening to KBLA Talk 1580. Listening to everybody, and uh, you're one of the everybody's that we want to listen to. 809-20-1580 is the number. I'm Dominique DePrima. Miles Lowe is talking with me this morning. So, um, Ye posted an apology to the Jewish community. We know that because it was in Hebrew. Of course, that's immediately going to get translated the uh, leadership of the ADL said it's a step in the right direction. We'll see. He said he sincerely apologizes to the Jewish community for any unintended outburst caused by his words or actions. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, whatever is going on with Ye, he is a master of media. I really think he's right up there with, with, with DJT, he who shall not be named. Yeah. We got we got to stop falling for that though. Yeah, we de- like they got to stop falling for that. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like, do we care about the apology before I even get into it about the apology? I mean, I I think it's, I think it's always good to apologize when you spout, uh, you know, Nazi, you know, kind of rhetoric. I don't know. I mean, I also think that with certain celebrities and the way it's handled in the media it's it's really hard to discern what is hype and what is really you know Mm. um really being spouted what i mean by that is you know someone like a Kyrie irving you know the way that that's dealt with versus a donald j trump when he cozies up with white supremacists it seems to be no problem um so i i do know there's a double standard for the black man in particular but um, how did you? How did that land for you? That apology? It landed uh, 
pretty empty. Um, like, what are you apologizing for? Um, are you apologizing for just running your mouth? Are you apologizing for? I mean, what, what I'm trying to like, what I'm trying to say, there was. I want to tell the line too as well. I feel like it was. Yeah, I mean, it's tricky to talk about you, but at the same time, the. the he says he apologizes for his outburst, and that's a good point, Miles. He doesn't say, I apologize for spouting, you know, for talking good about Hitler. He doesn't. Right. He does. <laughs> like, like, there has to be some type of changed behavior behind it or some yeah. type of yeah. uh, uh, justification of why you lied or why you were wrong or anything like that. Any type of correcting is behind it besides just saying, hey, I ran my mouth, my bad for bringing attention to you. Yeah. That's it. So it felt real empty. I mean, um, and I just found this out on um, our colleague Zoe Williams' Instagram that uh, the late Mark Goldstein um, had passed. I had no idea, oh, wow. and he he was a he used to be a show uh, a, a guest a frequent guest on uh, on front page with me, and he taught he was a psychologist. He talked about what a real apology means. An effective apology, he said, is saying. You apologize, saying what you're apologizing for and what you're going to do to make sure it doesn't happen again. That's right. a real meaningful apology. So by that standard, it falls short. You're right. Right. And then I also feel, uh, what are you accepting the apology for from the other side, the Jewish community? What are you? Yeah, the ADL, well, they just kind of said it was a step in the right direction and we'll see what he does. And, you know, I don't know. But he did... I don't know if it was hours or the next day because I don't track his <laughs> his socials like that. But shortly thereafter, he dropped these this new product. Mm. These they're called pods, and they're shoe socks. They're like socks, but they have a sole on the bottom. Mm. That and he also failed at the show in Vegas that he tried to do with Ty Dolla Sign and his daughter. So. It's been a bad media run for Kanye. The shoes aren't going to sell like they like we think they like he thinks they're going to. The two hundred bucks for sock shoes. Exactly. So. I mean, I it's not a bad idea, but I'll t I'll buy the knockoff for nine bucks. Yeah. Go at the swap meet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think Kanye has a lot of great ideas, but the execution and the bad press around I think is going to be what kills it all. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately. Okay, I kind of thought he ran on bad press, but you think it's taking a turn for the worse? Oh yeah. Oh, definitely. And why do you why do you count the the show with the <laughs> you know your bestie Miss Miss Wessie well, I as mean, a fail? The the music hasn't been received positively to begin with, right? Uh, <clears throat> kind of last few albums and projects they put together felt really low budget and low effort, and I think that this show was just another example of it. Yeah, and then he had the rant in the hotel room yeah as well so <sighs> now the shoes now the apology now the wife now it's like all right oh well. yeah and then the naked the almost naked wife the fake fake kim pose <laughs> and yeah. the fake kim they said knock off kim kardashian but honestly i mean you know i think she's a beautiful woman um bianca sensori in her own right there we go and she's less she's more natural but why? She didn't look like that when she met when we first saw her with Kanye. She didn't. She didn't look. She didn't look like she wasn't dressing like. Oh, she wasn't dressing yeah. like that. No, like undressing like that. Yeah, like yeah. her whole 
aesthetic has changed now. So Right. Well, yeah, that gonna happen. I mean, Kim's aesthetic changed when she got with Kanye too. Yeah, it's a thousand years, only one of me. Kanye <laughs> And he's proving it right now. Well, I mean, it's kind of pimpish, too. It's like, uh, nothing to see here. Oh, wait, look at my wife. Shiny object. I don't know. If she's here for it, um, if it works for her, if she likes it, I love it. (laughs) 809-20-1580 is the number. If you got something to say, it's KBLA Talk 1580. A safe place to go loud. Loud. A great place for progressive politics. KBLA Talk 1580. This is KBLA Talk 1580, where everybody is somebody and nobody is a stranger. You belong here. Yeah, <clears throat> I feel so weird um, that just the fact that we're still talking about, you know, accountability for the killing of Tupac Shakur uh, in 2024. It just there's something sort of creepy about that. Okay. So apparently, when you uh, when you put your phone on Do Not Disturb, it will still <laughs> disturb you. Still, it'll still disturb you. Mm. I'm not sure what that's about, but anyway, um, yeah. So um, Dwayne Davis, um, aka Keith D, or Keefy D, as some folks call him, as you know, he's accused, and you all we talked about that of killing Pac way back in 1996. You know, feels like another era and now they um his lawyers are asking that he be let out on his own recognizance um or or that uh you know a low bail um be set because he's being held until the trial but the trial is pushed back um and they and his own lawyers are saying they should postpone the hearing because prosecutors are saying that based on jail telephone recordings um mr davis is a danger to witnesses in the case um you know according to the la times he is an admitted shot caller for compton Southside Crips, um and they're saying that based on you know surveillance of a, a phone Prison phone calls or jail phone calls. It's the Clark County Detention Center in Las Vegas where he is. Um, that, you know, his son told him on the jail phone that uh, there was a green light authorization, which, you know, anyone that watches movies knows that supposed to mean that you have to go ahead to kill somebody. So this, you know, prosecutors are taking this really seriously and it, I don't know, it just makes it seem like maybe we'll never, ever see an end to this, whatever small amount of accountability this may or may not wind up being around Tupac's murder. Now, Dominique, considering you knew him, were you comfortable with there not being any accountability? No, not at all. I mean, not at all. And, you know, even... Despite what's being said right now, I don't know that I buy Me neither. the official story. I have my own theories. I'm not a prosecutor or a detective, but yeah, I don't. I think there's still a lot of BS. So does this help at all? Well, I think the fact that members of Pac's family have said that that it provides a modicum of relief, if not the whole truth, to me that means that that it's good 
that we're talking about it, if it provides them any kind of comfort. It doesn't really provide me comfort, but if it provides them comfort, then that's a good thing. Okay. Oh, it's good. Good good point. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to hear what you have to say about it, because you're... You're a professor, a scholar of Pac. We'll look at that after news traffic and sports on KBLA Talk 1580.